Hey, what's up, baby? It's Jordan, host of Lemon Pepper and Sasson Comedy presents The Zest, The Seasoning Sessions. Let's get ready to put some flavor on podcasting, y'all. Baby, baby. You already know what it is. So gather all of your friends. Yeah, we're going to have a good time. Okay. It's LPS with a mess. We got the mess, y'all. It's LPS with, with a zest. <laughs> and that's on period. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Lana. And we're back with another episode of LPS Presents The Zest. I've got Jordan here as my co-host. Say hey, Jordan. Hey. What's good? <laughs> And we're here with Mr. Clifton Pearsall, and we had a wonderful interview with him earlier where I got to learn so much about him. Um, we got to find out where his passions were fueled from, um, how long he's actually been trying to get into the acting game and how he, you know, how he went about getting into the acting game. But now um, we're going to go dive into our topic a little bit, which is balancing your passion with fatherhood. Um Clifton, can you tell us like how how do you how do you do it? How many kids do you have? Just just fill me in. How do you do it? Because I'm trying to figure it out myself. Uh yes. I have three kids. Two of my kids are older. Um, and then I have a 13-year-old. Um, how I balance everything out. Basically, I when I can't be there, my son, the 13-year-old, when he have his games, uh basketball games or football games, if if I'm not available to be there, he he usually understands. Sometimes he don't, but most of the time he does. And I kind of like break it down to him to let him know, hey, I got to go to work. This is this is work. So this is what helps you have the things you have or part of what helps you have the things you have outside of what your mom does. So um, once I can get him to understand that, it makes me feel better as a, as a father um, without just saying, hey, I got to go do this and I'm gone. You know, I kind of get confirmation from him because it's a part of him also. So um, I can't just destroy what he loves. And that's me being around to just go be selfish and do what it is I got to do. You know what I mean, so kind of like we, we balance that relationship out. You know, mm, that's a tough one, because sometimes I feel that same way, too. Um, you know, I travel for work. I'm in the military. Um, and then when I go act, um, a lot of the times it's not in the city that I live in. So I have to be away from my daughter and she's very young. So sometimes I do feel like, dang, am I being selfish, trying to pursue my passion? But the other time I'm like, hey, we got to eat. So, I mean, it is what it is. Um but has there ever been a time where you going to work and not being able to be there for your son has had an adverse effect? Yes, it has been a couple times it has happened. And in the process of him having like a football game or basketball game, I'm having to watch it over FaceTime. And and I'll just be hoping that there's nothing going on that we have downtime doing filming or on set to where I can involve myself in what he has going on to, I mean, even though if I don't tune in, but five minutes, I mean, it make me feel good at what it is I'm doing that particular day. Um, but I always try to make it up. Of course, you know? Yeah. That's important too. Um, yeah, I, trust me. Like when I'm out with my daughter, I'm, I'm a FaceTime parent too. You know, I, I, I'm thankful for the technology, but it's, 
it sucks. It's nothing like, you know, actually being there, you know? Um, do you, do you act full time? Are you acting full time or do you, you know, act on the side and then also work a job or how does, how does it work for you? I pretty much, um, I, I mean, I'm available when I need to be, but I also have a window tent service that I run that I've had now for the last nine, 10 years. So it makes it sort of, um, convenient me. It makes it sort of convenient for me to be able to, to take and go and take on roles that. I might have to be gone three or four days because it's, you know, the work I do is 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 self-sufficient. I mean, I can schedule appointments after I get back or schedule enough appoint, appointments before I leave to be able to do the things I'm I'm able to do. So that makes it a lot easier for me. Okay. Well, um, I definitely do need some 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 window tinting. If you could throw a cute little discount my way. Um, baby, won't you come my way? Okay, um, oh no, wait, we don't got the class. We don't got the class to music. We weren't um, singing that song. Um, I actually had a, actually had a question. Um, I mean, I I definitely don't think I do. While I know it is a challenging feat, even though I ain't got no kids, I don't know about it. Um, I want to say, if I'm not mistaken. Did Interaji have children before she like really broke she into did. acting? She okay. She went all the way to California, seven hundred dollars in her. She only had seven hundred dollars, and she had her son with her, single mother. She did it, and look at her. Oh, time. listen, okay, because I only got seven hundred dollars, and I ain't got no kids, so I know when. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm I'm cutting up. I was just, so I, I the reason why I brought that up is just to say that there are examples of people who had kids were in the acting game and then you know they, they took off so it is possible yeah i mean some people are out here doing it so that just keeps us motivated to keep grinding and working harder um i'm curious so okay you said you had three children um one of them's into sports i'm i'm wondering have you seen the acting bug in any of your other kids are they into a creative uh profession like you are oh my my 13 year old he, when he first saw my first movie and realized what it was I was doing, he presented himself to me and said, hey, Dad, I want to do this. And I told him, I said, well, son, listen, do you want to do this because you've seen you, you watching me do it? Or you, do you want to do this because this is what you love doing? And so I had the opportunity to take <laughs> to take him and some other kids. Um, down to an indie film that was filmed down in Wilmington. And man, they st- they was on set all day. And whenever we left to come home, they was out sleep. So when he got home, he actually got up, you know, woke up, came in. So I said, well, how did you enjoy the day? He said, I, Dad, I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> I said, I figured you wouldn't because the downtime, you got to be mentally strong in order to mm-hmm. deal with the downtime, the sitting around, the waiting. Yep. The constant retakes. Yep. Over and over and over and over again. So if you're not, if you're not here mentally and passionate about it, mm-hmm. that person just to say, nah, I can't do this. <laughs> I, you gotta love it. I love it. I mean, I eat, sleep it. Um, I've even done, I even done free work in the beginning because it was just something I love mm-hmm. doing. 
I mean, it's, it's just here. And I'm not going to stop. I'm not giving up. So giving up is not an option. It's just not. So, um, but, but to, to go back to where you was, you was asking me, like my oldest son, he, he loves music, mm. but uh, not necessarily acting, but he has the, the music bug. Um, so, but other than that, I mean, wholeheartedly, I think I'm the only one that, that they have a passion for the entertainment business. Yeah. I mean, that's cute that he's into it a little bit, you know, but um, yeah, I was curious, you know, I wonder if if my baby girl's going to be into acting because um, there are some, uh, you know, famous, you know, parent child duos um, in the entertainment business. You have Diana Ross, you have Tracy Ellis Ross, um, you have the the dad and the son from Schitt's Creek. Um, name is escaping me right now. Um, there are a lot of uh, families where that runs in the family. So I was curious if, you know, you think it would run in yours. Um, but yeah, what would you have to say, you know, would be the hardest aspect about um, having children and trying to pursue a dream as far as acting? Because a lot of times, you know, I see my single friends, no children, single, able to pick up and move to LA, pick up and move to New York, pick up and move to Atlanta, um, and just go hard on their passion. Um, but as a parent, like, you know, what, what's the hardest part for you? Like what, where, at what point do you say, okay, I've tried and I didn't hit, you know, A-list status, B-list status. So I'm gonna just, you know, I'm gonna just, let it go or do you not get there how 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 do you feel about that well with that i couldn't just pick up and walk out i mean cuz i feel like i'm abandoning my family if i was to just pick up and just say hey i'm going out to la i'm going out to virginia i'm going out to georgia and this is what i'm going to do um and i and, and i've never been the type husband father that will walk out on my family and, and and be selfish and try to fulfill my dream, but at the same time, hurt my family. Um, so, I mean, it, it's it's a hard decision, unless it's something that me and the wife could sit down and have a great discussion about and make sure that everything here financially is covered before I will take and go on an adventure like that. And then if I see that, it will be putting too much time into getting to where I want to get to then be my stopping point right there because I'm big on family and I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it, you know? And, and I, and I love it. I love that. But when it comes to my family, I, I love my family because they, my wife and kids and grandkids are always going to be there when acting is not. So I think I would choose my family over acting. I know for two, my family over acting. If there was a decision that had to be made. I have a messy question. So sometimes, you know, there are some haters out there. Have you ever experienced, you know, some haters, whether it be friends, whether it be family, that's like, oh, you're still doing that little acting thing. How's that going? Because a lot, a lot of actors have experienced this. So I'm curious as if, you have ever experienced it? Yeah, I have. <laughs> I've, I've, <laughs> I've experienced it from friends. 
I've experienced it from family. I've had some family members say, hey, man, you, you need something else and just use that as as a backup plan. Um, but I never considered using acting as a plan B. I always, right now in my mind, I consider using acting as a plan A. Mm. I consider plan B, then I'm not going to do what I have to do and put in what I need to put in to make plan A work. Mm. So I always consider acting as plan A. And mm. I, else I got to do to make plan A work, not plan B. Because at some point, I'm going to get to where I need to get to. It just take a little time. Um, and what a lot of people don't know is I've auditioned for some major movies. And so that alone makes me feel great because that means I beat out a whole lot of other people to be able to get the opportunity to audition for a role on this movie or a role on that major movie. So, I mean, I don't allow that to beat me up anymore. Yeah. You know, in the beginning, I always, I, I always felt like, well, you know, family, right? But a lot of times, you know, friends, family, they could be bringing that negative stuff to you to, because they don't want to see you advance. They always mm-hmm. want to see you. that's stuck, but it doesn't happen with me. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That's very insightful. Um, I have another question for you. So there has been a influx of a lot of social media influencers getting acting roles because of their large followings. Now, this creates some sort of tension between social media influencers and actors that solely act but don't really be on social media that much. So being an actor, and you're also on social media, um, how do you feel about a social media influencer with, you know, maybe 1.2 million followers getting a role that you auditioned for, not because, you know, they may not have been a better actor, but because, you know, they have a larger following? Because from a business standpoint, I understand it. But do you feel any type of way about that being an actor? I mean, at some point I do, because I, I watch a lot of TV and I pay attention to a lot of different styles and techniques of actors and i and i say hey i mean i think i'm better than him i mean i think i'm better than her at at that role um because you can get competition from a woman too it's according on the what type role it is of course but um yeah they have the tendency of choosing most of their actors because they got fifty thousand followers um and I may have 400 followers, but it doesn't mean that I'm I'm not a good actor. But who go to say that since you gave the role to this guy with 50,000 um, followers, you still might not get the views that you think you're going to get. Um, but what a lot of times people don't do, they don't look back at the fact that, yeah, he got 100,000 followers, but. He might only get 5,000 likes. Something is wrong with that. You know what I mean? The percentage, the percentage is not high. I got, four. you know, well, I had 400 followers, but somebody hacked my page. But anyway, um, I could have, I mean, I have 400 followers, but I could get almost 100 likes. So the percentage rate is, is higher there than it is with somebody with 100,000 and only getting 5,000 likes. So mm. I think 
you should go off for the performance of a person, not how many people are going to actually like it. Because those lights, to me, it don't entice me. It's about what I produce. It's about the value that I'm bringing. Um, so yeah, the lights it don't it don't bother me. Yeah. What was your favorite role that you've been in as an actor, and why? My favorite role that I was in, um, I played the character Mac. This movie called Kingdom Men, where I was trying to live my dream through my son. Mm. And my son, um, I wanted him to play football, but he wanted to become a chef. Mm. And we kind of like, we kind of bumped heads there because I was actually forcing him something, for, do something that I wanted to always do as I was a kid. And I didn't understand that. So we ended up going on this retreat at the church. And there were several other um, people there. And the pastor, matter of fact, the pastor was Joshua T. Shit. He played Pastor Gerald in that movie. Um, but anyway, the pastor was the one that was kind of pointing everybody's problem out that we didn't never attention to. Um, to make a long story short, at the end of the movie, I seen where I, I wasn't listening to my son. All I was doing was talking over him. Mm. Parents be doing that. Parents do be doing that. Don't be listening. Be talking, interjecting. You know, don't let you get the story out. So, I, yeah. <laughs> Reminded to do a future episode on Black parenting, but we're going to talk about that later. We're going to shake yes. the table. Yes. Let me write that down in my notes. <laughs> so, I think it's very important that the parents listen to your kids. Pay attention because you you can you can learn a lot that's going on within yourself. That is true. That is true. Um, okay, so do you have a role that you didn't like that much, or there was there one of your least favorite characters or a character that you found particularly challenging to portray? Yeah, I did. Um, that was the role that I played on non-disclosure. Mm. I played a doctor on that role. I mean, I played a doctor on that that movie. I'm sorry. Um, I guess I was tense that day and I only had lines and for some apparent reason, I could not get my lines right for nothing in this world. Oh, um, I know they was looking was, at you like, who hired this rookie? <laughs> other roles where I've had significant dialogue and I didn't have an issue. Mm. A lot of people don't understand. You can actually be threatened by the other actor. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was. I can honestly say that's what it was because the other actor that I was exchanging dialogue with, he was a little bit more advanced than I was. And, and it was just it, it was just the way he was delivering his lines. It was hard for me to feed from it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> advance and it's like i had to get up they had to stop had to get up walk around and shake this thing off like okay man let's do this um i was i was very uncomfortable is is the reason why i kind of like stumbled on my lines a little bit but i eventually got it um before production was like hey what's going on (laughs) but anyway yeah I, I end up getting it. It but be yeah. like that sometimes. 
Well, this has been a lovely, lovely chat, um, but we are at the part of the episode where we like to ask our zesty question of the day. So what's going to happen now is we're going to ask you a question. Jordan's going to ask you a question. Um, could be controversial, could not be controversial, could be opinion-based, could be fact-based. And we're going to see if your thoughts align with our thoughts. So Jordan, go ahead and take it away. Um, you know what? We you are a black actor. We're talking about um black acting, and this is just a um just a general question. And it's Black History Month. It is Black History Month, um, which means we got to put the episode out before Black History Month is over. But uh, (laughs) black time. (laughs) So if y'all happen to be listening this in April, my bad. But anyway, um we just want to know i don't know what what is what is the best black sitcom so i have an answer lana has an answer let's see if your answer matches our answers and why do you feel like it's the best black sitcom i actually have a very good answer and i have i have a thesis to defend mine so i ain't got all that but go ahead clifton oh man the favorite black sitcom i mean blackish was a good sitcom to me, uh, because it, it was it was so much family oriented um, and, and it kind of like describes describes a whole lot about myself because I'm family oriented, too. Um, and I believe in, um, you know, they, they listen to their kids, of course, you know, um, and the relationship that the husband and wife had on the show. I admire that. I actually really liked that show. I thought it was cute. Um, me, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little basic. I like I like the Parkers. I thought the Parkers was really funny. It may hey. not have been. <laughs> it may not have been like. Because we ain't got no money. But anyway. <laughs> um. I, I love the Parkers. I thought it was cute. Um, I'm not going to get deep on, you know, the historical context of episodes. I watch TV to be entertained. So I I <laughs> like almost any Black sitcom out there. Like, I like the Cosby show, you know, even pending the, you know, recent stuff that's come out. I love allegations. I, I allegations, really, allegedly. Just, I, allegations, allegedly. Okay, everybody going to be reaching out to us talk about the season six. Allegedly. I, I like the Proud family. I like the show that... Um, um, Kyra Pratt was on with Flex Alexander. I liked Malcolm and Eddie. I liked all of them. Like I, I can just go on. I loved black sitcoms. I absolutely love them. So no, no answer was wrong in my eyes. Oh no, absolutely. I just say, you know, personally, what's the favorite? Like, what's the best? Now, I will say, fun fact: the Parker's theme song actually inspired the theme song of the Zest that yes. you heard in the beginning of the podcast. That was the yes. feeling we we're trying to go for. Because I, you know, um, Dark Child produced that um theme song. What? I'm Rodney Jerkin. Dark Child produced the Parker's theme song. I was like, you know, I don't, I need to look that back up and I will correct it in the um, comments if it's wrong um, in the description of the episode. But I believe it was Dark Child that produced it. That's why it slaps. Mm-hmm. Um, but my favorite, and I love the Parkers. <coughs> I love Brandy. Uh, I love mm-hmm. movies. But my favorite, favorite Black sitcom is actually Living Single. Yeah. Now, Living single, it was just about 20-something-year-olds navigating being 20-something. I still think it's very relevant. I just watched it in the summer um, uh, summer of 2020. The fashions hold up. Um, you can still very much watch it um, from, you know, the, the mid to late 90s. 
it with the 2020 lens and it's still not problematic. You know, sometimes you go back and watch some older shows, you're like, ooh. Um, <laughs> Living Single still holds up in terms of content and fashion. I just think that Living Single is very iconic and yeah. laid the groundwork for Friends, even though Friends got twice as popular um, by being half as less entertaining, in my opinion. But that's a whole nother topic for another day. That's not what we're here to discuss. But anyway, that's just my two cents about Black uh, black sitcoms. But let's go ahead and bring it on home, girl. Yes, Clifton. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. I learned so much about you, about your family, your ideals, and your past. And I'm sure our listeners appreciated it as well. But before we go, can you please let the girls know out there, oh, and the boys, um, where they can find you on social media? Uh, IG, I am Clifton Pearsall. My Facebook page is Clifton Pearsall. Websites also on Twitter at Pearsall. All right. So everything's his name, Clifton Pearsall. Awesome. And um, please be sure to follow us too. You know, your 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 comedians over here with the podcast uh, at LPS Comedy 757 on Instagram, Lemon Pepper and Sasson Comedy on Facebook and LPScomedy.com. This has been an episode of The Zest with your girl, Lana. Baby, baby. And we loved having you.